scripture reading this morning as we enter into the message time. This is Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word and as Brother Michael brings this message to us. Good morning. <clears throat> Happy Sabbath. It's a blessing once again to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I can remember when I was out in the world, especially on a Saturday, church was nowhere on my mind. But what a blessing it is that our loving Savior, you know, our Sabbath school quarterly is dealing with mission. And our Father in heaven is on a great mission to win souls for his kingdom. And I'm so grateful, brothers and sisters, that <clears throat> he sought me out. I never thought that <clears throat> he would put me in a position like this to stand behind a pulpit and preach the gospel. But I believe God did that so that he can humble me and so that he can save me. Because if I wasn't preaching the gospel, <clears throat> I believe that I would fall into a comfortable, lukewarm state. So God takes each and every one of us out of our comfort zone. And he does that because he wants to save us. Now we're going to look at a story this morning. <clears throat> and it's found in the book of Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, you can go there. <clears throat> and I'm going to pray before we get started. <clears throat> Father in heaven, once again, we thank you, dear God, for your great mercy, your great kindness. Lord, as we think of creation, as you created us and everything was made good, and you set the seventh day aside for your people, that we can come and worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, we are here this morning, and we invite your presence to be with us on the day that you set aside, sanctified, and blessed. So please, dear God, touch each one of our hearts this morning as we study your word. And as always, we're careful to give you the honor and the praise for you are worthy. 
In Jesus' name, amen. In the book of Luke, chapter 14, our subject matter this morning is open enrollment. Open enrollment. How many of you, brothers and sisters, want to enlist? Even though you haven't even heard the message yet. This is open enrollment. You know, insurance companies and different medical uh, institutions are trying to woo us in an open enrollment to follow their plan. But God has a plan. He has an open enrollment. And I believe this morning, brothers and sisters, as we look at this story here in Luke chapter 14, we're going to see that God is trying to get his people ready for open enrollment. In the book of Luke chapter 14, starting with verse 7, we look at Jesus, he attends a banquet. And in Luke chapter 14, it says, in verse 7, it says, And he put forth a parable to those which were bidden when he marked how they chose out chief rooms, saying unto them, When thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, Sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee and him come and say to thee, Give this man place. And thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher. Then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Then said he also to him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call who? The poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee. For thou shalt be recompensed when, brothers and sisters? At the resurrection of the just. Now, verse 15 says, And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. The individual that said these words 
Christ's object lessons tells us that he was trying to change the subject because God had touched a soft spot in the Pharisee's heart when he says, don't invite your friends. He said, go out and invite those who cannot, what, repay. And it touched a soft spot in his heart because they had a different mindset of what the kingdom of heaven was all about. Look at your handout, number one. Does everyone have a handout? It says here, to the Pharisee, his words were his words were distasteful, hoping to turn the conversation into another channel. One of them, with a sanctimonious air, exclaimed, "Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God." This man spoke with great assurance as if he himself was certain of a place in the kingdom. His attitude was similar to the attitude of those who rejoice that they are saved by Christ when they do not comply with the conditions upon which salvation is promised. His spirit was like that of Balaam. When he prayed, let me die the death of the righteous and let my last end be like his. Christ read the heart of the pretender and fastened his eyes upon him. He opened before the company the character and value of their present privileges. He showed them that they had a part to act and that every time in order to share in the blessedness of the future. Here, brothers and sisters, we see that Christ read the heart of the one who spoke in verse 15. And he wanted to let him know that his entry into the kingdom was what? Conditional. Brothers and sisters, we all have a part to play in our role of being prepared to enter into the kingdom of God. It's not enough just for us to come to church every Sabbath. But we must also prepare ourselves, what? Mentally, spiritually, and physically. This is why I believe God tells us in 3 John verse 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and do what? Be in health, even as thy what? Soul prospereth. I don't believe God wants us to limp into heaven. He wants healthy Christians. And God has made provisions. I think Raph brought that out this morning in Sabbath school. God has made provisions for his people that we can be spiritually healthy, physically healthy, and prepared 
to go forth and to do the work that he has called for us to do. God does not send his people out unprepared. I think of Moses when God called him. And while God was dialoguing and encouraging Moses at the burning bush, and he told Moses his mission, Moses shrinked at that mission. But God encouraged him that he would be with him. God told Moses, what is that in thy hand? What did Moses have? A stick. And he says, with that stick, I'm going to lead my children out of Egyptian bondage. What a God we serve, brothers and sisters. If God can use a man with a stick to lead a nation out of bondage, I believe that God can use each and every one of us here to win a precious soul in our spear. God has placed this church, the Tullahoma Church, in this community so that we can be what, brothers and sisters? A light, a blessing. And the problem we're going to see continually in this story is Israel was trying to do what? Hold the blessings, what? To themselves. And this is why I believe God does not want us to get complacent, brothers and sisters, to get comfortable. See, God has made provisions for us and for this church. But with those provisions, we also, brothers and sisters, can also get complacent and comfortable. And I don't believe God wants that to happen to us because God has a special mission for this church, for us individually. And so this is why, brothers and sisters, I believe God has placed on my heart that it's time for open enrollment. There's no time to get laxy-daisy, brothers and sisters. It says, when the time of the feast arrived, the host sent his servant to the expected guests with a second message. Come, for all things are now ready. Now, in the same chapter, as we look at verse 16, it says here, Then said he, Unto him, a certain man made a great supper and bade what? Now, I have a question. Who were the expected guests? Thank you, brother. The children of Israel were the expected guests. 
These are the ones that he called first. But look at verse 18. It says, And they all with one consent begin to do what? To make excuses. The children of Israel is who he called first to the wedding supper. But each one of them began to do what? Make excuses. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, what? Have me excused. And another said, I have bought, what, five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, what, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore, what, I cannot come. He didn't even make an excuse. He just said, I cannot come. And that servant, and so that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, do what? Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither who? The poor, the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. Now, this is the same thing Jesus had told the Pharisee who was inviting his rich friends to the supper. Now he's saying, go out unto the highways and byways. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. Was there room, brothers and sisters, in the ark when Moses made that commission to come to get on the boat? There was plenty of room, wasn't it? Did Moses commission and pleaded with these people to get on the boat? I'm sorry. Noah. <laughs> Noah. Thank you. That means you are paying attention. Did Noah commission them? Yes, he did. But how many got on, brothers and sisters? The stories, brothers and sisters, continue to parallel. From Genesis all to Revelation, they continue to parallel. Continuing. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into where? The highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be what? For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Brothers and sisters, I believe that this call is for us today. I believe that God has bidden us to come to the great supper. And he has given us a commission, as we read in our scripture reading, to go forth. And yet, brothers and sisters, we cannot get complacent in our Christian walk. Look at number two in your handout. Listen to what it says. It says, all the excuses portrayed a preoccupied what? 
All those excuses that were made betrayed a preoccupied mind. What is the enemy trying to do to us, brothers and sisters? He is trying to preoccupy our minds. There are so many things out there that is grasping at our attention. But God is also trying to grab our attention. And if we don't allow God to preoccupy our minds, brothers and sisters, this is why I believe that in Revelation chapter 3, we fall into that what condition? That Laodicean condition. And this is where the enemy wants us to stay, in a Laodicean condition. And God tells us that if we stay in that condition, he's going to do something. And what's that? He said he will spew us out. So, continuing, it says, To these intended guests, other interests had become all-absorbing. Brothers and sisters, could there be other interest that is absorbing and preoccupying our mind? Could our professions be preoccupying our mind that we don't have enough time to spend with the creator? We don't have enough time to learn of him so that we can be able to share the good news with others. Is other things preoccupying our minds, brothers and sisters? This is the question each one of us have to ask for ourselves, that are we allowing other things to preoccupy our mind that we don't have time to do what God has commissioned us to do? It says, the invitation they had pledged themselves to accept was put aside, and the generous friend was insulted by their indifference. Brothers and sisters, when you accepted those baptismal vows, you made a pledge to your friend, Jesus. Each one of us, are we going back on our pledge that we made at our baptismal vows? Could it be, brothers and sisters, we are not as on fire now as we were when we first accepted the call and Jesus gave us the commission? Could it be, brothers and sisters? This is the question you have to ask yourself. When God called us and we accepted the call, that was open enrollment. But you notice that open enrollment comes every year. So when God sees us getting lukewarm, he has to make another call. And Jesus made several, several calls to the children of Israel to get them on board with the mission. Do you plan on getting 
on board with the mission, brothers and sisters. Continuing on. It says, By the great supper, Christ represents the blessings offered through the gospel. The provision is nothing less than Christ himself. He is the bread that comes down from heaven, and from him the streams of salvation flow. The Lord's messengers had proclaimed to the Jews the advent of the Savior. They had pointed to Christ as who? Which taketh away the sin of the world. In the feast he had provided, God offered to them the greatest gift that heaven can bestow. A gift that is beyond compensation. The love of God had furnished the costly banquet and had provided inexhaustible resources. If any man eat of this bread, Christ says, he shall live forever. Brothers and sisters, God has made provisions and it says that they are inexhaustible. So as we read the stories in the Bible and see how God used individuals to go forth and proclaim the gospel, we see that God always prepared and made the provision for them to do what they had to do. So what excuse do we have? None, brothers and sisters. Look at this statement here in number three. It says, the greatest work, the noblest effort in which men can engage is to do what? To point sinners to the Lamb of God. Now, whatever your profession may be, I'm sure and I do believe wholeheartedly that God has you in that profession. And I believe that he has you there in that particular profession, whether you are a nurse, a doctor, a lawyer, or a grocery clerk like myself, or a mechanic like Ralph said. I believe that God has each one of us in our profession to do what, brothers and sisters? Be what kind of winners? Soul winners. And it says, this is the greatest work and the noblest effort in which men can engage. What? Brothers and sisters, I don't want to be a grocery worker for the rest of my life, even if I had eternal life. God has me down here on a mission. He has you on a mission. Because he has something what? Better prepared for each and every one of us. He tells us what? He's going to do what? In John 14. He's going to prepare a place for us. He had his, his man, Noah, to do what? Prepare a place for those souls to get on board so they can be what? God is preparing a place for us, and he has given us our commission to go forth and to share the gospel, right? So that not only that we can be saved, that we can also do what? Save others. Now, question. When will Jesus come? 
in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14, we know the text. Matthew chapter 24, and this what? Gospel shall be what? And then what? Then the end would come. So the commission is we have a work to do, right? Question. Are we ready for Jesus to come? Because, see, we can easily say it with our lips. But do our actions reflect what our mouths say? Are we really ready for Jesus to come? What did God tell Moses? What's in your hand? Use what you what? Each one of you sitting here in this room, including our young people, have enough wisdom and knowledge to do what? Share what you have. None of us in this room knows everything. But we can share what God has given us. And even, brothers and sisters, even if you don't even know this Bible the way we should, God has also given you what? Who said that? Say it loud, brother. A testimony. There is nothing greater than a testimony on how God has changed a sinner and is changing him into a saint. Share your testimony, brothers and sisters. I can remember sharing my testimony with a lady on the job and was telling her how the Lord had delivered me. And as I'm sharing my testimony with her, tears is just coming down her eyes. Brothers and sisters, I didn't give her one text. I just told her what God has done for me and what God will do for you. My own personal testimony, I just shared, and it brought tears down her eyes. Every last one of us in here, if we don't know, if we don't know, every one of us in here, I know, should know some text. But brothers and sisters, if you don't know the Bible like you should, share your testimony. Our testimony is a powerful, powerful witness. When did Jesus give us this call? He gave us this call in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20, which is our scripture reading this morning. Matthew chapter 28. In verse 19, the Bible says, Go ye therefore and do what? All nations, baptizing them in the name of who? The Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to do what? Observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Now God has given us what? A command. And lo, I am with you always, even until when? 
the end of the age or the end of the world, God says he will be with us. Now, Jesus himself says what? Go. He didn't say, wait until they come to you. He told us to do what? Go. Now, brothers and sisters, if we're expecting for the community to bum guard this church, we got another thing coming. God told us to do, go to them and witness to them. Preach the gospel. Now, whether they're accepted or not is another thing. But our commission is to do what? Is to go. Look at your handout. Number four. It says here, Christ gave his disciples their commission. He made full what? For the persecution of the work. He took upon himself the responsibility for what? So long as they obeyed his word and worked in what? Connection with him. They could what? They could not fail. Go to all nations, he bade them. Go to the farthest part of the habitable, habitable globe, but know that what? My presence will be what? Labor in faith and confidence, for the time will what? When I will forsake you. Brothers and sisters, we have no excuse. Moses had no excuse. Moses tried to come up with every, screw, every excuse he could come with. He even said that I can't even speak. But what did God tell him? Who made man's mouth? Every excuse Moses came up with, God shut it down. Today, this morning, brothers and sisters, God has just shut down every excuse we can make. There's no excuse this morning that any of us can make for he says, for the time will never come when I will what? Forsake you. So if we are in connection, it tells us, with him, it says connection with him, they could not fall or fail. So if we're in connection with Christ, brothers and sisters, our mission will be what? And success. How easy is that? How assured? How a, a, a assurance is that? Christ makes sure that He made the provisions for us that we will not fail. And as Brother Raph brought out in Sabbath school, you may not all be able to go and knock on doors, door to door, but there is something that we can do more than just sit. You can hand out a track. If you're afraid to give somebody a track, leave it in the presence of somewhere where you know somebody can find a track. But do something. Mail them. That's right. You know, sometimes <laughs> I find tracks. I find our tracks in our bathroom. And I said, wow, <laughs> I wonder who's been here. 
But God is good. When I see that, I say, praise the Lord. Somebody is doing what? Something. And we all can do something, brothers and sisters. So if you're afraid, we have plenty of tracks out there that you can grab. And you know what? I, I even have an idea who it is, but I'm not going to say. But, <laughs> but we have plenty of tracks out there, brothers and sisters, that we need to grab and we need to share. Because this gospel of the kingdom must go to all the world. And brothers and sisters, Tullahoma hasn't been reached. We have to worry about Tullahoma. And our brothers and sisters, our seven-day brothers, seven-day Adventist brothers and sisters, wherever they are, have to worry about wherever they are. Because we are a connected, unified group, right? And we all have how many messages? One message. And that's the three angels' message. No matter where you're located, this is the message God has given us to give. So, <clears throat> turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 43. We're going to look at a few scriptures here. In the book of Isaiah chapter 43, God has chosen you, brothers and sisters, to be his witness. In Isaiah chapter 43, Looking at verse 10, the Bible says, are we there? It says, ye are my witnesses, said the Lord, and my servant whom I have, what? That ye may know and believe who? And understand that I am he. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Do you believe it? Do you believe what God has just spoken to you? There is someone in our community. There is someone on your job. There is someone that only you can reach. And God says, I have what? Chosen who? You. You've been chosen, brothers and sisters. Open enrollment. God says, I chose you. There is no excuse. Don't, give me, don't bring me any excuses. I have given you the assurance already that I will never leave you nor what? Forsake you. Turn with me to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. We're having a class on witnessing this morning. In Romans chapter 10, Romans, the 10th chapter, starting with verse 10. Are we there? The Bible says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture said, Whosoever believeth on me shall not what? For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Praise the Lord. 
For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall what? How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not what? And how shall they hear without who? And how shall they preach except they what? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preacheth the gospel of the peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Brothers and sisters, here's another commission from God that he has sent you to go forth and to be his witnesses. Are you up for the challenge? Open enrollment. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. God has promised us that if we do our part, that his word will not what? Isaiah chapter 55, looking at verse 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me what? But it shall accomplish that which what? I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto what? I sent it. Brothers and sisters, whose word? Whose word? Whose word? This is God's word. This is not an ordinary book. So, brothers and sisters, God is telling us here that when we go forth and share his word, it will not what? Return unto him void. Now, we may go share our word. And we may not get results. But God says, if you go and share my word, I promise you that it will not what? Return unto, return unto the void. God promises. Brothers and sisters, you need to be encouraged this morning. God has assured us that if you share my word, though you may not see the results you're looking for, it will not return unto the void. Don't get discouraged, brothers and sisters, like Elisha. Remember when Elijah was on Mount Carmel and he witnessed, he was a witness for the true and living God. You remember the story, right? But then later on in the evening, something happened. Elijah received a threat from Jezebel, and all of a sudden, he became discouraged. Now, we have been told that when God brings us up high, there are forces waiting to do what? Bring us down. This is why we have to stay connected, because how is it that Elisha stood against four, well, a total of 850 prophets and yet ran from a threat? How, how, how does that happen? I mean, explain that to me. How does that happen, church? He de distracted. How did he get distracted? 
What distracted him? Well, we, have, we were told that Elisha, because he didn't see the reformation that he expected to see, what he expected to see, he became discouraged. But what do we just read here? God says his word would not return unto him void. And Elijah should have never got discouraged because what happened? He left his post of duty and God had to call other missionaries in to finish the work. Do you, brothers and sisters, want God to replace you with someone else to come and finish your work? Open enrollment. Turn with me, brothers and sisters, to the book of Proverbs, chapter 11. Proverbs, chapter 11. That clock can't be right. Proverbs, chapter 11. Have mercy. Proverbs, chapter 11. David Jr., you're not back there messing with the clock, are you? (laughs) Proverbs chapter 11. Looking at verse 30. Listen to what the Bible says. It says, the fruit of the righteous is what? A tree of life. And he that do what? Is what? He that winneth souls is what? Wise. Brothers and sisters, it takes a wise person to do what? But God's word will make you wise unto what? Salvation. So it's through God's word that gives us the wisdom to be able to know how to do what? Go out and win souls. I can remember when me and my wife gave our first Bible study. We had been in the church maybe six months. Maybe six months. And we were... And I was fearful, terrified, just like I am now. And I said, I'm saying to, my, saying to myself, man, we don't know enough to give a Bible study. You know, we, we don't know. But I can remember the pastor telling us, they don't know what you know. <laughs> they, they, they don't know that you don't know. In other words, what he was encouraging us is to share what you know. And if you don't know it, just be honest and say, I'll get back with you on that. Well, how simple is that? Because we don't know. We don't know everything. Right. But I can remember sharing that Bible study and it went well. So you can imagine the second Bible study. We were more encouraged. Even though we still didn't know no more than we did the first Bible study. But this is how God continues to help us to what? Grow. And so it says here, I have, I have five principles on soul winning. It says, and number one, it says, you can't buy souls with money. That's not going to work, brothers and sisters. If you think that you can buy a soul, 
that soul would get wise and say, okay, every time we do a Bible study, they pay me. So I'm just going to do these Bible studies. But you can't win a soul what? With money. You can't bribe them with flattering offers. I could say a lot on that one. <laughs> but you can't scold them until acceptance either. You can't drive them much as we might like to sometimes. No matter what the age of the soul we are working for, the soul must be what? Warm. The soul must be warm. You know, I can remember when me and my wife were doing, was doing Bible work in Vegas, there was this precious soul by the name of John Jett. And this man was in his 70s. And we could never reach this man at home. And we would always say, we're not going to give up on you, Mr. Jett. And we had never met him. We didn't know what he looked like or anything. But we would come knock on this door out the church, and we never would get an answer. And so each Sabbath, when we got out of the church, we would go to his home, knock on the door. And this was several, this was several months. And then I can remember he opened the door. And we were so surprised, <laughs> you know, because we were just expecting to knock on the door and get back in the car and head on to the next study. But we were so surprised, we, you know, we just looked, and, and I can remember my wife saying, Mr. Jet, you're a hard man to catch up with. <laughs> and he just smiled, and we told him who we were, and, uh, and we were... Uh, we had his name from It Is Written, and we were going out sharing Bible studies. And he took the studies, and long story short, we became really good friends. I mean, we still talk to him to this day. And this man was in his 70s. So it says that it doesn't matter what the age of the soul. The soul still has to be what? One. Turn with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 15. I'm going to wind this down shortly. 2 Timothy chapter 15. I'm sorry. <laughs> 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, looking at verse 15. It says, and that from a child, thou hast known what? The Holy Scriptures. I'm going to stop there for a moment. Here, Timothy, here Paul is talking of Timothy that he had known the Holy Scriptures from what? At a child, Brother Matt. Train up the child in the way what? He should go. Through what? The Holy Scriptures. Because of his parents training him up through the Holy Scriptures, this young man, Timothy, became a mighty, mighty warrior for God. This is why I call that young man preacher. And all these young men, you too, Micah, preacher. We have to encourage them, brothers and sisters. Because we never know the path that God is going to call these young people to go forth 
and to witness for him. So Paul says of Timothy, and that from a child thou hast known what? The Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is what? In Christ Jesus. We never know how far-reaching, brothers and sisters, as we train our children, how far-reaching God is going to use them. Because the Bible tells us that they are arrows in the Lord's quiver. Arrows in the Lord's quiver. And an arrow, if it is shot at you, can do what? Some serious damage, right? So Lord, the Lord looks at his young people as arrows that can go forth and do damage to the devil's kingdom. Arrows in his quiver. Turn with me to Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12 and verse number 3 in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 12. How many of you want to be a star or want it to be a star? But the Bible lets us know in Daniel chapter 12. That. God is going to make you a star. In Daniel chapter 12, looking at verse three, the Bible says, and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they. That turn many to righteousness as the what? Stars forever and ever. You know, brothers and sisters, God wants to make you a star. But you know, the devil has a counterfeit star too. And what he does is he places, the devil places his star on the walk of fame, which is concrete with your name written in it. But God is placing you on a street of gold, which would never tarnish, brothers and sisters, would never fade. A star that will shine forever and ever. Most of the stars that the devil has proclaimed that are on the walk of fame are deceased and forgotten. But God says, I will make you wise and I will make you a star, brothers and sisters. I can remember when I didn't know the Lord. And I used to see famous people on TV. I said, man, how come that couldn't be me? But the Lord says, just hold on, brother. Soon it will be you. But in a what? Different capacity. He says, the star I'm going to make out of you is going to be eternal. Which star do you want to be? God is good, brothers and sisters. Turn with me. To, I'm going to have to cut this short. Turn with me to Ecclesiastics. Ecclesiastics chapter 9. What y'all plan on doing for Sabbath afternoon? Nothing? I have a few more texts. You got time? Praise the Lord. Ecclesiastics. Ecclesiastics. Chapter 9. 
All right. Let the preacher get there. In the book of Ecclesiastics, <clears throat> listen to what the Lord tells us. He says here, whatsoever thy, I'm sorry, verse 10, Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10. Now, brothers and sisters, when, the God, when God sets us in a position to go forth and to do his work, how should we do it? The Bible tells us we should do it with all our might. Now, I thank God for a wonderful, wonderful health mate. Because my health mate is a starter. She can get started with anything. I'm not a starter, but I'm a finisher. And once my health mate gets things rolling, I'll finish. And the Bible tells us, whatsoever thy hand do what? Find it to do, do it with what? For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. So what is God telling us, brothers and sisters? While there's still breath left in our bodies to do what? Do what? Do everything with all thy might. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might, brothers and sisters. So if there is somebody on your heart that you're trying to win for Jesus, don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged when it seems as though the more you pray, the worse they get. I mean, haven't you seen that? It seems as though you're praying and it's almost you're praying for them to get worse. But no, don't get discouraged. Because now the enemy is up to his game because he's doing everything he can not to lose what? A soul. He's a soul winner too. So when we're praying, he's doubling his efforts. So we have to be praying that God also would double his efforts so that that soul can be snatched out of the grasp of the enemy. Amen? Turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to continue to read in Matthew 7 verse 24. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. The Bible says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and what? Do them, I will liken unto a what? Which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not. For it was founded, what? Upon who? On, cross, on Christ the solid rock, what? We what? And all what? Other ground is what? Sinking sand, brothers and sisters. I was going to share a testimony, but it's too lengthy. Uh, turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. As a matter of fact, scratch that. Turn with me to Psalms chapter 40, 143. 
Psalms 143. Psalms 143. In the book of Psalms, One forty-three, looking at verse 11. And I believe, brothers and sisters, this should be all our prayer here. It says here, do what? Quicken me. Verse 11, Psalms 143, verse 11. Quicken me or revive me. Do we need reviving this morning? Brothers and sisters, he says, quicken me. O Lord, for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of what? Out of trouble. Are you troubled this morning? Now, I don't think David is referring to being in trouble with the law. You may be troubled this morning. You may have a burden on your heart. You may feel as though your connection with God is not where it should be. Are you troubled this morning? God wants to revive us. And I believe God is calling us this morning to revive us. And he has set in motion open enrollment. How many of you, brothers and sisters, want to sign up this morning? If that's you, come to the front. Open enrollment. God is not going to allow the enrollment to last forever. So while there's time, brothers and sisters, we need to sign up. We need to ask the Lord, quicken me today, Lord, so that I can be part of that group you have called. You've chosen me. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 43, he has chosen each and every one of us. This morning, brothers and sisters, he wants to revive us. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, dear God, for this privilege and opportunity to sign up this morning in your open enrollment. We thank you, dear Lord, for the encouragement that you have given us in your word that we can go forth with confidence knowing, Lord, that you promised that you would never leave us nor forsake us. Here, your children have come and kneeled before thy throne asking for encouragement and strength boldness to go forth and to share the gospel. You said to Moses that you made his mouth and you have made ours. And you will put your words in our mouths that we would not be discouraged or afraid to speak a word in due season. We see, Lord, that time is short. And Lord, that you can call us at any moment to be a witness for thee. So help us to be prepared, Lord, to speak a word in due season to the precious souls that you are trying to save. And Lord, you are calling us 
this little small group of Seventh-day Adventists to go forth to a dying world. And as it was said in Sabbath school this morning, Isaiah proclaimed, here am I. Send me, Lord. We're asking this morning, Lord, that you would send us this morning. Send us forth. You have given us the commission. You have given us the encouragement. And now, Lord, we ask that you would go with us in a mighty way, that the words we may speak, the words we may say, may be an encouragement to all that we hear. And we thank you for hearing and answering. In Jesus' name, amen.